It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. All right, so today is Jason Kristoff. I interviewed him before. Um, I believe I have that on on the podcast as well. And um, so this is part two, basically. Very interesting guy. Has a very interesting way of speaking about what's going on. And... um, Actually, it's probably because he's read a lot of these uh, old books. I believe some of the metaphors he uses is Orwellian, and um, you know I haven't read any of those books yet. So when he when he was describing things in an Orwellian fashion, I was just haven't heard it said that way before. So it turns out most people have this. It's like an old and new perspective. It's the same way I, I do health coaching. It's not really new but it's new to most people because they live under the idea that are that are very outdated. So it's kind of it's kind of weird because the old way I'm teaching is not talked about and the old way um that's honestly a bit barbaric is still being taught. Uh for example, that uh we need to cut people up and replace parts like we're old uh like we're machines that need to be um updated. Uh, as we go on, it's just doomed, uh, doomed to fail over the course of our life. So, um, so yeah, I mean that idea is pretty old. I'm re- reading a book called Regenerate by Sarg, and he was talking about. Um, I think fi- I think it was Newton. Um, it's like a n- Newtonian idea that we are just predetermined. Our bodies are predetermined to fail, and um, and which is. An old idea and it's an incorrect idea. Um, a similarly old idea is that our bodies are regenerative and that they can regenerate if they have plenty of time and resources and, and nutrients to, uh, to do its job, which is <laughs> it's just an old idea and it's coming back into style as more and more people realize that the um, systems re- rely on for health are not really for health. So anyway, without any further ado, listen to Jason Kristoff. Um, very interesting, interesting guy. We're all back together again. It's a pleasure to connect with you again, Jason. Um, we're super excited to delve deeper into your story and to hear what you're up to. I guess there's a rally going on in your area. It seems like this is the weekend for it. So I guess we're doing our part here, having our own virtual rally. So welcome back. Thanks for having me. And the uh, the last video was very well received. So a lot, a lot of my people liked it and uh, thought it was a great interview and it helped them connect some dots, which is always what we try to do. That's wonderful. I mean, uh, I was, I've been uh, working on your last podcast. I haven't made it all the way through it because I'm so busy with like prep for the summit. And I was just reflecting on our last conversation and like what the topic of like your content came up that was kind of dark or whatnot. And like, I, I just, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I don't see it that way at all. I don't see it as dark. I see it as um, just straight truth, straight uh, information that has basically been shed. And, and uh, I was telling the guys, we were talking about our conversation with you and I'm 47 years old. And it's like, I've seen reality through the, like a fixed lens for so long. And it's through your content and other people on the summit. It's like, as if I've like shifted over to a different perspective, I'm seeing life in a new way. 
And I don't really see that as dark. I see it as enlightenment, honestly, and that your message is one of pure hope and pure healing. Do you want to comment about that? Well, the, the human brain is naturally designed to look for the negative because, uh, you know, the spider and the snake were always something you had to put extra attention on. And the danger is something we can find, I think, about 10 times easier and we can find the good. So we have to keep that in mind. But today, I mean, most people literally are, are sedated in this fabricated illusion and they're tranquilized on various psychoactive drugs like alcohol and caffeine that really are designed to dull our senses. And, you know, our communities are flooded with these substances on purpose and people aren't really they don't have a chance to connect the dots. So when I come out and try to forcefully tell the truth, it's, it's in a more big picture way. So people can know they're sort of, they're getting ambushed. I mean, right now it's one particular ambush, but we've been warning about this ambush and various other ambushes for the past 20 or 30 years. And there's been people in this movement have been warning society in general that all these little pieces of the puzzle are coming into place uh, without, you know, the, the people are missing that big picture ability to synthesize where all this is going. And again, there's been people in the truth movement warning for 70, 80, 100 years. And, you know, the same tactics are used against us, uh, tinfoil hatters or conspiracy theorists or, or, you know, they say we're insane or don't, don't pay attention to us. So although the content can seem a little dark, it's, it's the truth tellers are out there trying to save everybody. And we don't need them to like change, change their ways in a major way. We just need them to awaken a little bit to, to know that, you know, if the government's gonna say that they care about your health, you know, as just a blanket statement. So everybody thinks the government cares about your health, but junk food and alcohol and cigarettes kill 21 million people every year on this planet. Uh, and 57 million people die every year on the planet. So out of 57 million deaths, 21 million is attributed to smoking, junk food and alcohol. And all we're really asking people to do is say, how, like we're questioning you, like how can you believe when a government official says they're locking you in your house and you know keeping the fast food restaurants open and closing your businesses? How can anybody take that at face value that the government's doing all this because they care about their health? Yet there's 21 million deaths they could avoid by simply cracking down on cigarettes and alcohol and junk food. And why are the liquor stores open? during, uh, you know, a supposed health crisis. It's more about trying to teach people to just think again. And we, we do understand why people can't think at this point in time. If, if we, we reviewed this in the last interview, maybe, but that John Taylor Gatto, most famous school teacher of all time. And there's many books like this. The, um, it's called Weapons of Mass Instruction and it's free on the internet. You can just look it up. It's, you know, John Taylor Gatto has several books on the purpose of government schooling, and it's designed to make sure people do not think. They just receive information, they repeat it, they get positively reinforced, which is a proven mind control technique. 
And if you get positive re positively reinforced for repeating lies, it's an ambush in itself. So we do understand why the average person can't think because they've gone through that 12 year indoctrination camp, but they really have to start coming up to speed where like if you don't start thinking deeply about these sort of issues soon, like you could be in one of those historical situations getting on a railway car or getting into a camp and only fig figuring this out later that the people sort of in control of the information you get are censoring what information you get to kind of mold your perceptions so that you think darkness is light and you think light is darkness. It's, it's a complete inversion. So we're not really mocking anybody. We understand how they got there. We understand the, the, the drawbacks of getting exposed to the truth when you li live inside the illusion. But we're asking people to dig deep because the, the big pieces of the puzzle are starting to drop down and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's our human farmers one and the, uh, the humans uh, zero <laughs> at this point, but they are rising up and the protests are starting to, to, you know, manifest all over the planet because everybody's starting to say, okay, that's enough's enough. Like none of this is making sense anymore. So, um, I don't remember what your original question was, but uh, no, I hope that, that answers a little bit of it. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, like I'm, I'm in your self-sabotage coaching program and I've, I've watched a lot of your coaching sessions and what I really get from it is your love, like your connection and love and support for people. And that's what comes through. And I think your message is one of the same thing. I mean, I see, I saw it yesterday. I was out running errands and, and it's like, you can't even believe what you're seeing. It's like, I saw a hospital and right adjacent to it is a 5G cell tower. And then you and then you go to a place, I was running an errand, and it's like, can I use, everybody's got the mask on, I'm like, can I use your bathroom, is that still allowed? And it's like, yeah, of course, like, I go in there and there's Clorox, like, hanging out in the bathroom, and I'm like, there's the visible poison, you know, the 5G cell tower and the Clorox bleach that you have in the bathroom. And people just are, are kind of uh, asleep at the switch, so it seems, they don't really understand the assault that's upon them and uh, that's really the nature of, of what we're doing here is to, to start this conversation and to get people more aware. That's really the point is to, to bring awareness to, it's the visible stuff that is actually what your enemy is, not the invisible stuff that you're being sold a bill of goods about. Yeah, the people who are sort of in charge of controlling us, like the control of the invisible, like borders, they're invisible, but we're told that they're there, but they're, we know they're not really there. <laughs> and there's other things like the war on terror. So how do you know when you've won when it's just an abstract idea? Well, it, it just means they're always in full control of the narrative. And, and you know, that's why, I mean, we won't really get into it, but it, if the thing's invisible and it's fictitious, it means you can control the narrative at all times. It's over there. No, 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 it's not there now. It's over there. And this is a very old ruling man's trick to control the invisible, like the witch, right? No, she's a witch. No, no, she's not a witch now. They're the witches. And, you know, with no sort of official way to, no official way for you as a layman to identify where the issue is. Like, so if you can control the invisible and say, and the humans are sort of hacked psychologically like this because it's been shown 
humans have some sort of collective memory. That's why they're afraid of the dark. They're afraid of the water, the sharks drowning, getting eaten. They're afraid of snakes and spiders, even if they've never seen them before. Our, one of our greatest fears is the darkness or the inability to see what we should be defending ourselves against. So again, in the self-sabotage course that you, you were referring to, Ted, it's all about psychology. And if you're uh, steeped in psychology and you study psychology like I do, you can see these, you know, they're documented tactics to really unravel the human psyche is to make an invisible enemy and say it's everywhere. It's in, it's in Sinjin's breath. It's in, it's in your breath. It's in everybody's breath and we can't see it. And we have to stay six feet away in the mass blocks, but we, you can see it's all invisible. We have no way to verify ourselves if it's actually real or not, which leads us completely under the control of the people who say they can see it. And so we, we have to outsource our power and outsource our responsibility to the people who can see it because we're too stunned to see it on our own. So it's a very classic uh, psychological attack and people really have to start learning about these things so they understand what is a psychological attack, what is a PSYOP, which means a psychological operation, how our minds can be easily tricked and hacked. Because if they learn about the things we teach in our self-sabotage course and how we coach people out of self-sabotage, they'll be able to see this attack coming before it even gets to them. They can protect themselves from someone who's manipulating them on a psychological level. Yeah, and um, I've just from listening to what you've been speaking in the podcast and other videos you've put out, I've I've been just trying to use your the techniques you you talk about that's basically being used against us, but also like you said, used like for us, like so with the lanes of traffic situation, maybe to and and make it maybe not as dark or as intense like that's when you kind of talk about health and in like the the surface level of like getting good nutrition quit poisoning yourself um quit using your mouth as a garbage compactor etc like use those and then start to move into some of the deeper things that you start to get on because it's like i can't even send the podcast you just put out to some people because i know it's just like they're gonna automatically either just disregard it or they're just going to like not even be able to comprehend what is go what you're, what is going on. Cause even some of the things I'm listening to, I'm like, okay, I realize I can't, I just can't handle what he's saying. So I need to just be like, okay, well, I get this part. I need to maybe do a little more of my own research to see where he's coming from. That's where I go to the books that you mentioned to just kind of get my own mind into those tracks. So that's just where I've been using <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's, it's a great way to get people over there. And it, it is a stepped approach because the, the brain complex doesn't have the ability to um, discern fact from fiction when it's polluted. And most people could probably understand that the brain doesn't work well when it's floating in a soup of poison. And, and the, the research is clear on that. Uh, caffeine is probably the most effective way to disrupt natural brain function, alcohol, junk food. And we can see we're drowning in that, but you're correct. If you can 
get people over to eating healthy through your coaching, through the methods everybody uses to improve their diets, the brain can naturally start you know, going back to its natural resting position. Its natural resting position is when the prefrontal cortex is fully active. That's our most intelligent part of our brain. It's very logical, it's very rational, has no problem seeing what I'm talking about. But if we're in fear, like if you're watching CNN and if you're watching any sort of media today, it'll just be fear, 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 because it look, you know, activates our limbic system, our fight or flight, it lowers our IQ. And when we're scared, we're really grasping at like, who's gonna save us, right? So the same media outlets that deliver the fear deliver the solution and then we grab at it and say, oh, you know, it's like a life preserver. And um, if people would really turn the TV off, get their, get their health better, you can have that transfer of electrical activity to the proper parts of the brain. And that brain is very used to enjoying life and loving people and giving hugs and having compassion and being cooperative instead of combative. Like the fight or flight system is combative and the prefrontal cortex is cooperative. And that's, that's another reason they're always trying to drown us in this never-ending tsunami of fear so that we're always combative with, you, with each other. And you can see everybody today, they're completely combative because they're in, there's this, this level of fear that's going up where everybody's got this hair trigger response to, to everything. They're going to, people are walking out of NBA games, people are walking out of Major League Baseball games, everybody's hyper reactive. And that means, you know, the society is getting ramped up in higher and higher levels of fear. So you're completely right, Sinjin. It's really important, the work that you, you guys do and, and people like us trying to get their health good first so that their body proper which includes their mind, is working the way nature designed it. You don't want to be dealing with a person who's in the fight or flight because they're always consuming poison because that human is going to be very erratic and completely irrational. So Jason, we alluded to last time uh, digging into your story, and I really would love for you to share you know, your, your origin story, you know, obviously you've had quite a history. And what fascinates me is that you're an evolved person. You've completely transformed from your past. And what is it about, if you can speak to this at all, what is it about you that made you, you know, you said last time, like you had enough and you kind of, you found your way. What is it about Jason Kristoff that finds his way, whereas somebody else stays stuck in destructive behavior? Do you have any idea what makes you different? I, I, I mean, I don't like injustice. I know people have said, obviously, I don't like injustice. And it's probably because I was picked on as a, as a kid. So I was served up in the society. And of course, as a human being, when you arrive on this planet, you I mean, you get attacked right away. Like I was circumcised later to find out that this is an old Sumerian ritual um, circumcision was known in Egypt as the mark of the slave. So if there was a, 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 a slave that escaped from their owner, and they used to wear kilts, which is very odd, because there's not really odd if you investigate it, but they used to wear kilts like the Scots. 
and you would just lift up their kilt to see if they had a circumcised penis. If the slave was, if the person was circumcised, it was an escaped slave. And it, you know, so I arrive on the planet. Things aren't going my way <laughs> right away because circumcision takes about thirty percent of your penis and removes it with no anesthetic. And it was purposely done by the Sumerian ruling class because it would send such an uh, electrical shock of um, trauma down the shaft of the penis and up the spinal cord. It actually disrupts brain function in a very major way. So as I arrived on the planet, I'm like, okay, this is, uh, and some people say you, you don't remember, but the neurological system's designed to remember because it's, it's learning at such a rapid pace. Its job is to say, where do we live? Every day you get up, your nervous system is actually downloading and recording exactly where you live. And it's been proven that it downloads at its fastest rate from the last trimester up until five years. So when people say they don't remember or, or they slept through the circumcision, uh, circumcision, it's because the baby had shock, it was in shock, it's like PTSD, because that's how much a pain is experienced by the child. But again, this is another example where people are trusting their educational sources, don't really know what they're doing, and human behavior is very prone uh, to copy and mirror and emulate, because the way the human brain is designed, it wants to fit in go along to get along and be accepted by the tribe. So uh, we have a brain that's sort of non-investigative anyway. It doesn't really care about the ins and outs of circumcision. What matters is what's everybody else doing. And we really have to understand our brain function that that's the kind of brains we have is we were more prone to follow regardless of morality or ethics or any other function, we really got to start interfering with some of these traditions. But again, I arrived on the planet, circumcised, I w vaccinated, which, you know, in vaccines, if you look, and again, a lot of people don't look for just the same reason I was just talking about, because they're just doing what everybody else is doing, because that's the behavior programming we have. So, some people don't have that as deeply ingrained and they have investigated and I have investigated and vaccines include documented toxins like like toxins which end the life cellular metabolism in carbon-based life forms they're uh, listed uh, ingredients in vaccines so circumcised injected with poison coming into uh, a household where people were caffeinated and alcohol was in the household too. So raised by other erratic humans, because when someone's drinking alcohol or caffeine, their fight or flight system is active. And that's a very violent, short tempered, short term thinking, um, child IQ based part of the brain. So whoever is raising you, if that part of the brain is on, it's like children raising children. So, you know, my past is full of this sort of questioning, like, what is this place? How can people but not be noticing I'm in pain? How can people not be seeing that, you know, cutting 30% of my, like, how many people here would like 30% more penis? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? 
right? And uh, sure, we would like to stay intact. And that's just one sort of uh, grievance I have against this culture. So I, so I've come out and, you know, we're going to school and it's proved, and I went to a Catholic school where the brothers molested the children or even beat my friends in front of me. And I was sort of left alone a little bit because I wasn't like a full Catholic. Somehow I got into a Catholic school without being Catholic or not. I didn't have like a church background. So the, the molesters that were in this school, um, left me alone because they they kind of had through experience found out that it was the catholic parents that would turn on their own children and say no brother so and so would never do that to you cuz he's from you know he's from the heavens or he represents the lord and so this abuse went on so and i'm fed garbage i wasn't fed any kind of good food i was very slight i always got beat up at down at the uh you know down just walking home like i i, I lived in saint john's newfoundland and i don't expect anybody here to know what newfoundland is like as a canadian province but it's really tough it's probably the toughest province in all of canada there's some real um, alcohol abuse there and some uh, generational trauma and the people there can be really cruel and I used to get beat up on the way home and so the personality you see today is that that fighter right so basically when I started to get my own identity away from the tribe and it wasn't hard for me to break away and fracture myself from that tribe because I wanted nothing to do with that absolutely nothing to do with this what I call planet mental asylum. So I started eating a little, a little bit better. I started exercising. Um, and I really started to try and ar what's called armor myself, which is a backfiring technique. Cause I, I made myself unapproachable. I became as violent as the environment I grew up in. I was self-abused in the environment and the way the brain is designed, I started self-abusing myself with alcohol, steroids, cocaine, and all these other things. And then I know you, you, were, you were alluding to maybe asking me about a question of uh, you know, this healing I had. I was almost dead at 29 after you know, I had a real good run at business. Some, 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 see, I downloaded good business principles uh, from my dad and his family because they were all really good businessmen and the, the worst thing about being successful in business and when I was 24 I started uh, my first business and in the first 30 days I made $26,000 for myself profit that was in 1994 and the worst thing about being a success when you're programmed by this sort of death cult mentality that I it's like, a, it's like a self sadistic self abusive environment and the way our brain is designed we we start hating ourselves as much as the the society seemed to hate us so to blend in we beat ourselves up and the worst thing about being a business success is i started using the extra financial resources i had to buy bigger bags of cocaine uh, bigger cycles of steroids faster cars i could crash into the telephone poles um, you know, I take three women down to Montreal instead of one. And it was just, you know, it was just hedonist, hedonism gone wild. That's what it was. And then at 29, 
I had so much pain in my left hip, I could, couldn't even walk. And what I found out later through Chinese medicine is that my liver was almost, in, the thing is, if you hurt, liver is something that could regenerate yourself. So if you've wrecked your liver, you know, like you're really going hard as a, as a full-time Olympic sport at destroying yourself. But I could barely walk at 29 and I had this beautiful soul come down from Toronto. She was a Czech practitioner, level four, uh, taught by Paul Czech himself from the Czech Institute in California. Paul Czech is a Czech is C-H-E-K. And he's like, he is a real top-notch organization to teach holistic healing to people. So she came in and she told me later, like, you're more, you were more infected mentally than you were physically with all the self-abusive downloads and all the psychological manipulation from TV and all the psychological manipulation from the government school. She just said, you were living out your psychological programming, which was based on you destroying yourself. So she started to do what Sinjin was saying, trick me, right, with better nutrition. And then she did some manipulations on my hip and gave me some specific foods to eat. And it was like the first time in 15 years, I didn't have any hip pain. And I was like, Ooh, who is this sorceress of uh, healing? Oh my God. And then of course, because I was a money man, I'm like, how can I monetize this? I wasn't even thinking, but eventually I went to California myself. I met with Paul check, learned under Paul check. And, um, when I was with Paul Cech, he, he can see things that other people can't see. This is one of his talents. He's a, he's a high level ranking shaman in the world as well. And what was really sort of odd is when I entered his classroom, he turned red, started to stutter and turned away really quickly. So I was like, oh, for the love of Pete, what did he see around me, right? Because this, this is because I don't have that ability, but he's proven that ability. I've seen him, um, you know, completely unpack and guaranteed he sees things that we can't see. But it was a very interesting journey with Paul Check, and I started to learn about what people should eat and how much water they should be having, how many times a day do they go to the bathroom, how many inches of fecal material they should move, what's, what's metabolic typing and what's proper stretching and what's, what's proper exercise and how to really coach people. And then I thought, oh, my journey's over. This is amazing. I know so much about health and I started to rehab myself. And then I went to apply it to people and um, I found out they had the same programming I had. They hated themselves too much to apply anything for too long a period. So I just kind of said, you know what? Something's good. We got to get to the root cause of this issue. And the root cause was the programming, the self-sabotage, the psychology, the way the brain really works. Because it, the way the brain really works is that we don't make up our behavior at all. The behavior is controlled by the environment. And if you don't control your environment, you can't change your behavior. 
even if you really sit down and pray and wish it, I hope I eat good, I hope I lose my 20 pounds, I hope I quit alcohol, I wanna at least do six months with no booze. Well, there's a reason you're drinking the booze in the first place, it's poison. So you're acting against your own genetic programming, which again makes no sense. So why are you doing something to die early, investing your own money in it, and investing in your own time to kill yourself? It's because the environment, the way it controls our behavior, the part of the brain that judges our behavior from the environment, it has no way to judge rational or logical sort of implications. It just says that the part of the brain that controls our behavior just says, I don't care if you die early doing it, everybody else is doing it. So you're going to do it. And because the part of our brain that controls our behavior is a safety and security protocol sort of mechanism. And it wants to make sure you fit in at all costs. And if you are a parent, for example, and everybody else is circumcising, even though it's completely irrational and illogical, yes, by all means, circumcise the child. And, every, and then the child comes out and they're like, oh, I love you, Jason. You know, we couldn't love you more. And of course, me as a new baby coming to earth, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you just cut, you know, 30% of my penis off without anesthetic. No, no way to rationalize. So I started hacking that part of the brain to trick it to basically, I started modifying the environment where my clients live, their houses, their brains, what they listen to, what they watch. And then that part of the brain, because I would only put positive stuff in the environment that part of the brain would do its normal job how do we fit in here and the, the subconscious mind would say um well this new tribe that i've been observing lately is healthy it's wealthy it's happy and i'm here to protect you and i'm going to make sure you fit in and then the subconscious mind does what it does best it gets behind trying to make you fit in to a better tribe. And that's how you hack it. I could change someone's dietary habits in like two days by using my techniques when for three years before I could never have them eat three healthy meals in a day without plowing into Ben and Jerry's ice cream at night to completely nullify their entire progress that 24 hour period. So, so that's sort of my journey to where I am today. Like I'm a self-sabotage coach. I have a school that teaches people my techniques and they work really well. And if you practice them, you, you congratulate your clients. And then as the camera's off, you say, oh my God, I can't believe how well that worked. Because <laughs> that's how insane it is. Like I cover up my mic, I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe she stopped drinking wine. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it works every time. And I'm like, wow, oh, does it ever work good? And that's sort of how I came to do the self-sabotage coaching that we're doing today. It's a fascinating answer. I mean, I, I can speak to this because I've watched all your seminar material. I'm in your self-sabotage coach program, and it's truly life-changing material. And 
it's I, I always go back to like it's nothing ridiculously complicated it's basically right. reminding people of their innate power mm-hmm. and taking away the things that take away from their power and i find it endlessly fascinating like your content has really pulled me into the whole self-sabotage arena and made me question everything that i'm surrounding myself with i have one follow-up question for like personal stuff i just i'm curious because my wife has seen me transform immensely since we got married. When we first got together, we were dating. I was just a guy who was into working out and would still party on the weekends, drink my coffee and stay up till two. And I was living my own self-abusive life. And now fast forward to now, I mean, I'm, I'm a man on fire, right? I'm hosting this health summit. I'm all about sharing my message and uh, I'm very focused and, and uh, just similar to what you're doing in the world. So I'm curious, like it was your relationship with your wife, did she meet you and you were like in the progress of becoming the Jason Kristoff of today? And how has that changed for you in the dynamic of your family? Well, I want to speak to what you said too. I know I've had a lot of my friends, even at the gym right now, tell me they knew you and, and uh, you know, Sinjin and Matthew, and they've been watching and and know the work you guys are doing. So congratulations with that. You're doing, you know, really good. Uh, as for my wife, she was sort of sent uh, to me, most likely by, you know, some guardian angels because she's a, a, fa- a fantastic chef. So when she came in and what would happen is they used to live right next door to me. So my, my wife-to-be used to be my next-door neighbor. And then they would see me ascending financially and would be happy that I was doing very well. But they also would say, you know, they're a Lebanese family. And they would call me haram, which means poor boy, because I would eat garbage all the time, Subway and, uh, you know, St. Hubert barbecue. And, you know, like I said, it was a full-time Olympic sport trying to destroy myself based on what I know is psychological manipulation to you know, throw myself down the evolutionary ladder. Don't forget that that manipulation is only there because people are just easier to rule when they're messy. So I was just fulfilling all that sort of programming. But my wife would look over the fence and say, oh, look at this, you know, pretty well, look at this idiot, you know, eating all this junk food. And they would have these big Lebanese meals and they were all very, very healthy. And then she would start sneaking me over a big, big plate of like organic hummus and chicken and vegetables and, you know, maybe even some batlewa for dessert, which was probably the best thing that I've ever eaten up until that point. That's probably the healthiest thing I was consuming at that point. And, um, and so we just started dating and she kept, she was part of the evolution where she kept just like, she is a master organic chef and we have the traditional um, breakdown in the home where my job is to go out and forage and bring back things for the family. And my wife, there's days, her name's Jennifer. She doesn't leave the, uh, she doesn't leave the kitchen. So, and she cooks for my daughter, who's nice and healthy and strong. And she cooks for family and friends. She cooks for me. And, you know, I, I'm very blessed because even when I'm working really hard, my wife will just literally come up. She knows my work's really important. And she knows sometimes there's erratic hours and she'll just come up, 
three times a day. If I'm, if I'm in my office for uh, 10 hours, my wife will deliver and just put it right on my, right on my desk at the best organic meal you've ever had and just leave and close the door knowing that I'm doing my job as protector and she's also doing her job as protector of me who protects the family. So it's a very, very old fashioned dynamic which, you know, builds a lot of strength and continuity in the family as well. And, you know, we have her sister and my brother-in-law actually live right across the road. So there's large Lebanese gatherings all the time. So yes, when we met, it was, um, I was really messy and she just sort of came in and said, this guy has a lot more potential but he's missing his food and they would come in for the search and rescue on a daily basis trying to save me. And they did a very good job, uh, you know, the whole family group and making sure that I, I'm always blessed with this great uh, organic food, you know, 24 hours a day in my home. So I'm, I'm really lucky in that sense. That's really beautiful. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really happy that you have such a wonderful relationship and it seems like you've had like divine intervention at every step. So I'm really grateful that you've uh, made it through your, your trials and tribulations and you're the Jason Kristoff that we know today. Um, I'm curious, like, how do, you, how do you come up with all your content? Like, it just seems to flow from you. Do you, like, do you go into a meditative state to create your content or do you have a stockpile of content? Like, how is it, you've done so much research and it just comes out. I'm just curious, how, what's your process? Uh, yeah, Einstein used to say, used to go in the tub and get a lot of his information and I always thought, you know, what was that about? But I get a lot of my ideas uh, when I sleep and I get a lot of ideas when I take a shower, but only in one particular room in my house. I have more than one shower, but I get most of my ideas in my, you know, I'll, uh, I'll hijack my daughter's shower. She'll go shower in my shower. And then I get these amazing ideas about what I should be talking about. But a lot of times people will send me articles too. And I'll be, my brain has the ability to connect dots from years ago regarding certain topics. And I can really connect them in a web and say, you know, someone's really got to talk about this historical pattern that I'm seeing. And yeah, that is my, it's a gift because I, the articles you see, I write them in 10, 10 minutes or less. So, um, and the podcasts aren't prepared. I had to prepare for the last one, Sinjin, because it was so long and I hyped it up so much. I didn't, I didn't want to miss anything and it was probably too long, but you know, all the other podcasts are just off the top of my head. And all my writings are off the top of my head. And I've probably written about 4,000 articles. And it's, it's a good way for me to get my frustration out. It's, it's, I think I used to have the frustration energy and it would turn against me where I would attack myself with my own anger. So now I kind of put the anger into the articles and I offload it or outsource it from myself. And when I walk away from the desk, I feel let more light. I feel like... Um, and I don't always want to replenish that evil energy too. And I don't really go looking for it. It's just a, the, the society we live in 
is so inverted in regards to what we need to be our best selves. We need clean water. We're not supposed to poop and pee into the, o- the only water that we have to drink. Uh, we're not supposed to spray food on our, our uh, sorry, poisons on our food. There's not supposed to be chocolate bar machines in the hospitals. There's not supposed to be smoking areas at the hospitals. There's not supposed to be pop machine. There's not supposed to be pop in hospitals. And even the word health, you, you know, doctors don't, the medical community right now, unfortunately for the, you know, I said acute care emergencies, they're absolutely fantastic. But if you're an institution and you can't make anybody healthier, you don't deserve the word health. So as I drive by the society, I even see stuff like that. Why do we call these people healthcare providers? They don't provide health. Like if you're calling yourself a healthcare provider and you don't personally grab the pop machine at the hospital and drag it out, breaking your back and then kick it right through the front of the plastic, you're not a healthcare provider because real healthcare providers are sort of passionate like I am and, and, and pseudo violent against anything that hurts other people. And when I go into a hospital and I see a pop machine, I'm like, who's going to drag this out of here and, and destroy these products that are killing and maiming and making our whole society worse. And I know I can't be my best until you're your best. So if I'm having a hard time in life, sometimes it's because, you know, we're all connected. So you can't be super amazing in a town where 80% of the population is overweight. It'll all drag you down. It's a law of aggregate or law of um, averages. And this is what we sort of have to, that's why we're always pushing toward making people healthy because we want it easier. We want a better existence. We want to get up like, I don't want to see any more kids in wheelchairs at, you know, at the public school when I go visit my daughter, knowing they're probably vaccine damaged and knowing the, do- the doctor probably said it was acute um, uh, flaccid paralysis or meningitis or like it, it irritates me that children are being destroyed, that I was pseudo destroyed and that no one's really brave enough to talk about it simply because we have this brain function where we're like, we're really seeking safety and security more than we're seeking logical thought and rational analysis. And as adults, we have to be leaders in the rational analysis and the logical analysis of what's going on in our society. We can't keep telling people that their kids are sick by happenstance when they're literally attacked by the mainstream institutions the second they arrive on this planet. We gotta move past this and we gotta understand there's a simple explanation for it. And the simple explanation is this, there's some bad people on this planet. They're really easy to to see if we could just be brave enough to see them. And they maintain control over us through psychological manipulation, stress and poisoning. And, and that's the whole reason why we're getting bombarded the way we do. Because you can't rule vital and healthy humans. You can't farm lions. You can only farm lambs. And 
I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living on the lamb farm. And I tell people, humans are the only domesticated farm animal that can stand up, jump the fence, grab the farmer by the throat and say, no more. And it's the most uh, powerful word in the universe. It's when Neo in the Matrix regained his power. You remember after Mr. Smith shot him and he had passed away inside the Nebuchadnezzar and Trinity kissed him to bring the spark of life back to him. And then inside the Matrix, he just got back up and uh, Mr. Smith fired at him. And what did he say as the bullets were traveling down? No. And we all have to start learning the word no when a tyrannical force keeps trying to maintain their power by extracting ours. Because this group does not represent us. They don't have our, our best interests at heart. And they solely want to extract our energy by keeping us down. Like when we're down, it elevates their energy and distance above us. And so it's very important for you, Sinjin and Matthew and Ted, to keep doing the work you're doing, having the people harvest and cultivate the energy within themselves so they can be the strong humans that they are, redevelop their courage, men as men, women as women, and start coming together like a battery charge and getting the full electricity of it's our natural right to be full vital humans down here on the planet. And it's time we stopped asking for it and it's time we started taking it. It's uh, always a, a pleasure to hear your answers. They're always well put. The, um, we have some viewers submitted questions and I think uh, they're too big for, for you to answer them. And I think they would actually be better served if they go through some of your courses. Um, because one of the one of the common questions is like, how do I basically? Like you use the Matrix metaphor, which, by the way, favorite movie. Um, uh, how do you red pill someone? Basically, is is where I, I see a lot of um, uh, uh, questions coming from. And you know, there's no one answer. So, uh, does the course help uh, better people better understand how to how to like apply some some good techniques or? Oh yeah, I mean the the solution section. Like um, I go over the solutions. Like when you're a coach inside my course, we work one on one. There's not a like right now. There's 150 coaches all over the world, but I, I work. I've worked with about 70 so far one on one, and the other ones are lined up to be worked with in the next uh, three or four months. So during the one on one time with my coaches, I tell them the very simple solutions, which they pass on to all their clients once they're certified coaches. And the solutions are really simple is you, you basically have to con control your environment to control your behavior. So you can't be watching Game of Thrones. If I told you what Game of Thrones did to your behavior through your subconscious mind, you would just throw your TV right out. Uh, Avenger affinity wars with Thanos killing his daughter Gamora, throwing her off the the big mountain with the 11 on it, which is another subconscious sort of mind hack. If you knew what that sort of, if you knew how your subconscious mind really worked 
in regards to seeing a father kill their own daughter, you would you you would literally march into Hollywood and burn the entire uh, industry to the ground. And if you if you start understanding that the media, um, the word media was actually the name of a country a while a long time ago. It was ancient Turkey, and they developed the technology and the understanding that humans are controlled by the behavior. They used to have plays in the courtyard. I don't know if I went over this before. And if the main character had a scarf, <clears throat> the scarf shops would be sold out the next day. And the people who rule us would say, hold on a second, what's going on here? Every time we put an object or a theme or a pattern up on display and we invite more and more people to see it, more and more people are acting out exactly what they saw. Then they started experimenting with it. They would have, they would say, well, uh, we're hoping to invade Armenia or something like this. We would like it, we're gonna invade in six months. Let's try a war theme in the play inside the public square. 2000 years ago, they'd have a real hard time recruiting till they ran the war themes through the subconscious mind. And then they'd have no problem with the volunteering. And then they would celebrate the soldiers on the way home. And then more people would join. And they're like, all we have to do is drive what we want into their eyes. And then they act it out. And people are like, and then they would fine tune it and fine tune it and fine tune it. And, and this sort of technology is well documented, but hidden from the public. And even, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a movie called Gone in 60 Seconds. Did we, all, we didn't, there's a movie called Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie. It's a movie about car theft. And when it was released in Burnaby, BC, Canada, car theft went up between 60 and 70% after this, this first seven days after it was released. Fast and the Furious, everybody started having the souped up Honda Civics with the wings on the back and the big mufflers and the, and the rims. It had totally exploded all over North America. Tokyo Drift, everybody's going sideways, revving and spinning their tires. And, and this is how human behavior works. It works, you show them something and they will copy it. And uh, I don't know how we got this sort of question going but yes, this is the sort of stuff. I'll teach you things about your mind that the people who rule us have, do not want you to know. Because once you learn how, to, how your brain is hacked by them in a bad way, you can hack your own brain and the brain of, your, of clients, but in a good way. Because this sort of technology goes both ways. If you can't, like, if it wasn't... Uh, you know, gone in 60 seconds or Thanos killing his own daughter, Gamora, in Avenger Affinity Wars, if it was just good old-fashioned morality and ethics all the time, everybody would mimic that. The part of the brain that we're hacking doesn't care what it mimics. If it's death, it'll mimic death. If it's love, it'll mimic love. Whatever you want to show it. And the people in Hollywood know what goes on the screen will appear on the street in about seven days. So whatever you're looking for. And, and this is the sort of stuff I unpack 
and Ted has seen some of my seminars. And when I give the seminars, I don't think there's one person that ever came to the seminar that was disappointed or tired. They just wanted more. They're like, I can't believe I didn't see that before. And that's the sort of stuff like, so sort of red pilling, waking people up. And that's my job. <laughs> that's yeah, my I, job. I mean, I can speak to your content, your content, your seminars. I know you got another one coming out soon. I want you to be able to talk about that. Anything that you put together has made a you know profound impact on me. And it's, it's like, it's maybe some of the things that I sort of knew or I, I had an understanding or uh, an awareness of, but it's painted in such a picture and it's, and it's presented in such a way where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe what I just saw and you can't unsee it. And I wanted to be able to show this book too, because this made a pro profound impact on my life. And I know you talk about this a lot and I was a big coffee drinker and I gave up coffee, I don't know, two, three years ago. And I haven't looked back and I know that you talk about if you can do two things, it would be coffee and TV, give them both oh, yeah. up. And uh, those are two things that I've basically given up and, and it's a pleasure to connect with you again. I want you to be able to talk about your upcoming course that you have coming out soon. Yeah, because I'm like full for one-on-one, -on -one, I only take about one or two clients personally per month, even, you know, and I have a lot of requests. So what I did in October for people that want to completely overcome their self-sabotage, it doesn't matter if it's procrastination, they want to start a business, and they're always sort of afraid to start it or they can't lose that extra 20 pounds or they're having relationship issues or they're having health issues or they're addicts. They're all forms of self-sabotage that go back to the same route. And I wanna service, uh, get people this information as many as possible. So in October, the last two <clears throat> Sundays in October, I'm gonna have a Zoom meeting and Basically, it's only two hours and I can on two hours each. So you're only going to do four hours with me, but I guarantee <laughs> your life will change what you're, what you're done. And if you can't make it live, we're going to record it and send it to everybody that signed up anyway. And it's only $99, like a early bird special right now. And maybe, Ted, I could um, send you a link and you can put it down below because people can only pay uh, through PayPal right now if they wanted to. And we're going to have the Visa and MasterCard options coming up very soon. But you can even upgrade to 199 and you can get the two craziest seminars I've ever had and ever given. That always gets like 10 out of 10 stars when people watch them. So for an extra $99, you can definitely, you can attend the Zoom meeting and you can get these two seminars uh, sent to your email address and they will not disappoint and you will become a more positive healthy wealthy happy person and you'll pick out stuff in the movies and tv shows and print media that you know you'll be the best entertainment down at the restaurant <laughs> because what you'll be able to describe to your friends about what really going on you're going to be the hit of the party the bell of the ball and um I just think it's, it's information that can really help people defend themselves from these mind hacks that, like I said, can be used for good or can be used for bad, but right now they're being used for bad. So you better get your force field up because if you don't know the environment drives your behavior into you, like even during the nine, run, uh, nine year run of the Cosby show where Mr. Huxtable, Bill Cosby, he was a medical doctor and 
his wife, Claire, she was a lawyer, uh, African-American enrollment in law school and medical school went up 19% in the nine years. They call that the Cosby effect. Again, what we see instills our behavior, period. And, if you, and, and I can give you great examples and then I can tell you how to set up your environment. You be the Cosby show. You set up what your eyes see based on the results you want to occur in your life. And that's what I'll teach you. It'll only take me four hours. It'll be completely entertaining. Uh, you'll love it. <laughs> well, I can, I can speak to how amazing your content is and, and your seminars. I mean, I've watched them multiple times and I get new pieces of information each time I watch it. And I, I feel with your content, I just want to like embed it in my mind because it's so powerful and life-changing. So I can't thank you enough, Jason, for your time, for being on with us. Amazing interview. Look forward to having you on the round table. I don't know if you're heading out to the streets right now to go join a rally, but- uh, I'm gonna try. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. Okay, well, thank you for having me on, Sinjin. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks, uh, Ted. And um, keep up the great work. You're doing a great service to humanity with all your effort and your energy's going in the right spot. And uh, I think we're gonna win this. Absolutely. Thank you, Jason, so much. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. I'm in your course, by the way, too. I already signed up. So. Oh, excellency. <laughs> awesome. We'll see. I'll, I'll put on a great show. All right. Great. Okay. Take care. All right. So what an interview. Very interested in his uh, certifications. I'll uh, definitely look into it in the future. Always down to, er to learn and earn um, more knowledge so I can better help people. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm not sure what order I'm going to put this episode. So I may already be answering summit questions, but I'm just going to be tackling these questions that, um, you know, of course we, we need a bigger venue to answer all these questions. There were very, um, there were small questions, but they require very big answers. So, uh, I'm happy to, to dive into that. And, uh, and so you may already been, uh, hearing, uh, the questions that came in before the summit and during the summit um, in my podcast. So um, I will be just tackling that quickly, um, uh, trying to get through as many questions as possible and putting these interviews probably in between so it's not just um, all questions all the time. <laughs> all right, so take care.